What are your symptoms? When you feel sick or something's going on and you go see a professional or you're doing research or you are talking to someone, at one point that question might come up, especially if the other person that you're talking to is meant to help you get a diagnosis or at least narrow it down to a ballpark of what might be going on. And today, I want to go through the symptoms for both PTSD and complex PTSD because I personally believe that an understanding of PTSD is crucial in order to fully grasp the intensity that comes with that upgrade to the complex PTSD. We're going to keep the episode focused on the symptoms. I'll go one by one. I will try to be vulnerable and share which ones are resonating for me and which ones are not resonating for me. Because here's the thing, and I I know I've said this before, but complex PTSD and PTSD, quite frankly, they can look different for everybody. Not everybody will experience the same symptoms. And even the way it's caused is going to differ for all of us. My hope is that by going through the symptoms, anyone listening who is unsure about complex PTSD is getting to learn about this disorder, maybe you think you have it, uh, by listening to the symptoms, it might help you uh, get a better idea of what, what this is. And this also applies for loved ones, like if you have a loved one that you are trying to help perhaps knowing a little bit more about the symptoms that they are experiencing can help you understand what's happening for them. Hi, I am Raisa, a survivor of narcissistic abuse, and I have complex post-traumatic stress disorder. And you are listening to Hello Trauma Brain, a podcast where I share my experiences living with complex PTSD. My hope is this podcast can help destigmatize mental health and provide support to anyone diagnosed with CPTSD who thinks they might have it or has a loved one with this diagnosis. Quick reminder, I am not a licensed psychologist or mental health care professional, and this podcast is not meant to replace nor substitute the care of psychologists other mental or medical health care professionals. If you think you might have complex PTSD or PTSD, please reach out to your primary care or mental health care provider. Any individuals and resources mentioned in this episode are not sponsoring Hello Trauma Brain. This episode may reference abuse, trauma, and suicidal feelings or ideation, and listener discretion is advised. Remember, you can always pause or skip this episode at any time. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome, dear survivors, to yet another episode of Hello, Trauma Brain. Thank you for joining me. It feels like forever since I recorded an episode, and that's actually because it has been a while. Um, even though, uh, if you've been listening uh, every week, you got your weekly episodes. I actually batch produced the last two episodes while I was doing quarantine. So since I recorded those episodes, I actually traveled to see chosen family. I got back, already been working, and life has basically gone back to... To the hustle and bustle. And here we are. 
Uh, quick check-in. Uh, CPTSD is still causing lots of havoc in my life. But my trip did go very well. I was able to recover before I took my trip and, and travel safely. A knock on wood, I won't get sick for a while. I have to say that was, yeah, that, that was enough for me to, <laughs> to be sick of being sick, pun intended. Now today, I want to go back to exploring complex PTSD. I feel like the last time I did a, a, a proper dive into complex PTSD was on episode two, what is complex PTSD? And you are welcome to listen to that episode again or for the first time if you are new. If you want to learn more about complex PTSD, in that episode I go over more of a general outline of what it is and the signs of whether someone might be experiencing CPTSD. But today I want to go through a list of symptoms I found online. I found this website that breaks down all the PTSD symptoms and they also have a section on complex PTSD. And even though the list for the complex PTSD symptoms is shorter, essentially a lot of the symptoms from PTSD are part of the complex PTSD. And basically go through the symptoms for PTSD first and then go into the complex PTSD symptoms. The website, which I will be linking in the show notes for those of you that would like to take a closer look and see how uh, some of these things resonate with you, is mind.org.uk. And again, this is my personal opinion. With PTSD and complex PTSD, it's almost like making a chili. Uh, and I'm, I'm picking the chili because chilies tend to have like all these ingredients depending on, on the recipe. And I love cooking. And my chili at this point, I put coffee in it and chocolate. That was a suggestion from a friend. And I mean, I add cinnamon and all these other things that might not be like the usual ingredients, perhaps. But it's, my chili basically has evolved through time. As I meet people, as I make it, as I look at other recipes, I keep finding new things I can add to it. I think last time I made it, I even put honey in it. And it... It was great. <laughs> I feel like making a chili kind of captures a bit of, of how this, this PTSD and CPTSD thing works. There's so many ingredients and there's so many types of chilies out there, right? People do turkey chilies or vegetarian chilies or chilies with only one type of beans or chilies with different bases. I mean, it's endless. Like put chili, <laughs> Google in. <laughs> you, will, you will find so many variations of this dish and the same thing goes for for these diagnoses right i i feel like in order to understand like the complicated version of 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 this chili i call <laughs> cptsd kind of have to understand what goes into a regular chili and um in this case would be the quote unquote I'm going to say regular ptsd because that is the more known diagnosis and a lot of those symptoms are going to be a part of someone who has complex PTSD. So without further ado, let's get into this. So on this website, which I will call mine, as that is what they have in their logo, they have a section for common symptoms for PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder. These are common signs and symptoms you might recognize. Everyone's experience is different, so you may experience some, none, or all of these things. So I'm going to go one by one. And I will try to be self-reflective and share which ones apply to me and which ones I don't really feel like resonate very well with my presentation. Okay, 
So before I start, I should say I have both PTSD and complex PTSD. Like there are things that have caused complex PTSD and they are specific events that I know I have post-traumatic stress disorder from. So the first symptom is vivid flashbacks and parentheses, feeling like the trauma is happening right now. That tends to be more true for me for the PTSD like I had a collision with a deer a year ago, over a year ago, and I remember having some some vivid flashbacks about that. And there have been other instances in my life where like it was a very traumatic episode and I can tell you exactly what I was wearing. Is I can I can I can see the details in the room like it's uh it's a little bit distressing to think about it cuz <laughs> we're talking about really heavy trauma so um uh in the spirit of like trying to stay regulated to do the episode I'm trying really hard right now not to think about that it's it's hard because it's almost like don't think about an elephant and the first thing that pops into your head is an elephant so I'm trying to like uh describe the vivid flashbacks without thinking about the flashbacks and it's not really working so okay let me take a deep breath here and continue Oh, okay. All right. So yeah, I, I definitely say that's, that's a symptom for me. Clearly, <laughs> as you could hear, oh my goodness. Oh, okay. Next, intrusive thoughts or images. <laughs> I, to me, it's so severe that I'm pretty sure I have obsessive thinking. Uh, it's like obsessive compulsive thinking, I think is what they call it. It's like the OCD version where it's with thoughts. 100 percent i've been struggling with that shit for years i don't think i oh my gosh i don't think i remember much of a time of my life maybe when i was very young when i wasn't struggling with the intrusive thoughts next up is nightmares absolutely i don't remember every single dream i have every night but when i have a nightmare yo oh my god Gosh, it's fucking brutal. And my nightmares tend to be violent and very intense and distressing. So I'll go ahead and share this. So I had this recurring nightmare for a while. And I want to say I probably was maybe maybe six, perhaps younger. And it was two of my stuffed animals. And it always happened in the living room. They would literally go through it like a ghost would in a movie. And they were holding knives. And they would tackle me down and murder me. Like right before they were like about to give the last blow... I would wake up and it got so bad to the point where like the stuffed animals actually had to be given away like they, they, they disappear <laughs> my caretakers made them go away because it was really distressing for me to be around um around them when I was awake and that's been a theme like my nightmares as an adult is, is just violent stuff with cars like car crashes or somebody that I care about getting murdered it's just really intense and again when I when I get those like there's some nightmares that are a little bit unsettling and I can still fall asleep and there are some that is just like once once I woke up from that thing is like yep I I'm I'm in it and I guess I guess that's a symptom so so I definitely check that one Next, intense distress at real or symbolic reminders of the trauma. Yup, that one for sure. And I want to say that's part of the reason I've done a lot of avoidance, trying to get away from any reminder, like down to the name of the person. Like that alone can be enough um, or a scent, a place, not driving through a certain area. Yeah. 
definitely that one. Physical sensations such as pain, sweating, nausea, or trembling. Definitely the pain. I'm very sensitive to pain. Sweating, <laughs> a little TMI. I actually don't sweat very often. It's, it's, I, th- I think I got something going on because I, I tend to be that person in the room that will sweat last. Like when everybody else is like drenched, I'm still like looking around like, oh, wow, I should be sweating, I guess. And I don't think that's good either. Like I think that's my body like doing some poor temperature regulation. And it, it's, yeah, I think it's part of the reason I can't tolerate the heat very well. I have fainted. Actually, I fainted once during the gig because it was too hot. But definitely, um, yeah, for me, it's like the sweating, not really. The nausea, yep. And the trembling, uh, I do shake when I have a panic attack. That will happen. Or if like... My blood sugar levels are low or something like that. But yeah, I, the pain the pain is the one that really resonates for me in this one. Now, there's a category of symptoms for alertness or feeling on edge. And this can include panicking when reminded of the trauma. Check. Being easily upset or angry. Uh, I say upset for me. Uh, I, I don't have a good connection with my anger yet. And um, though it can come up, I feel like I, I'm more prone to be upset. Extreme alertness, also sometimes called hypervigilance. 100,000% on that one. Disturbed sleep or lack of sleep. That one, I'm, uh, if a nightmare wakes me up, sure. Quite frankly, I do have a gift for like being able to sleep through the night pretty well. Like I fall asleep pretty quickly, which I am aware is a gift. I sometimes forget how how fortunate I am. I do know a lot of people and survivors in particular that really struggle with that. But I actually sleep pretty well. And even if I am woken up, unless it's a really severe nightmare, I'm able to fall asleep again pretty quickly, which is good. Irritability or aggressive behavior. Irritability for sure. I definitely feel that. And it also brings up a lot of shame for me. Aggressive behavior, not so much for me. Finding it hard to concentrate, including on simple or everyday tasks. <laughs> ah, every day. Even even recording this this podcast, <laughs> I stopped it quite. I've stopped quite a few times already today. I don't know what's going on, but usually I don't stop this much. Being jumpy or easily startled. <laughs> ah, that should be like my mantra. Yep, definitely that one. And other symptoms of anxiety. Well, in my case, I have a trauma therapist now. We're going on almost a year uh, working together. Before my first session with her, she sent me all these checklists. And one of them was the generalized anxiety disorder. And I got a perfect score on that one. So definitely symptoms of anxiety. I feel like all of them. Before I continue, I... I'm becoming self-aware of something here. Um, I'm going through how I'm experiencing this, but I want to stress if your experience is different, like if I'm saying I'm not connected with anger, but that's actually the one that resonates with you, I want you to know this is not meant to induce any shame. Our experiences are different. You are absolutely okay to have a different experience than mine. And if something that doesn't resonate with me resonates with you, nobody's wrong nobody's right and it would really break my heart if if anyone listening goes oh my gosh I'm feeling so much shame like Risa doesn't experience that and I do please absolutely not like it's okay we multiple truths um, it's a thing in this in this realm of psychology and I want you to know that what you're experiencing is just as valid and it's uh it's just like a chili right we all have different ingredients 
Anyway, back to the symptoms. And we're still on PTSD, by the way. <laughs> I know. So this category is called avoiding feelings or memories. I can't wait to get into this one. This can include feeling like you have to keep busy. Huh. AKA the flight response. One of my main trauma responses. Not by choice if I could help it. <laughs> Avoiding anything that reminds you of the trauma. Yeah. Yes. And I'm trying to work on that. I've become better. But yeah, oh my gosh, especially during my teenage years, early college years, that was a big problem. Being unable to remember details of what happened. Oh, yep. And I remember talking about this in episode two, like how distressing it is that you're having symptoms and you actually can't remember what happened. And that's still true for me today. Feeling emotionally numb or cut off from your feelings. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. Here's the thing. This is the ironic part about this thing. I identify as a highly sensitive person. I feel very, very deeply. Yet, when it's too intense, I completely go numb. I can feel it now. I'm becoming more aware the more I heal. And let me tell you, when it kicks in, I really feel nothing. Um, Which is really scary. Next symptom, feeling physically numb or detached from your body. Oh, let me think about that. Yeah, yeah, I'm mostly in my head and not in my body. Another thing that I've been working on and I'm becoming better at noticing body sensations, but still, yeah, it's still a thing. Being unable to express affection. Oh, that's interesting. Let me think about that. Uh, I feel like I... I feel like that's not something I struggle with too much. I'm I'm pretty expressive and yeah, maybe if I'm triggered, I, it might hinder my ability, but that one's not ringing so much of a bell right now. Doing things that could be self-destructive or reckless. Ah, mm, mm. I do struggle with the concept of like knowing what's safe and knowing what's dangerous, like but it's it's a nuanced thing. I'm not really like purposely trying to be self-destructive. At least not on purpose. And I'm pretty careful. I'm going to say no to that. You know why? Because I, I tend to be pretty cautious. Like I want to say I'm on the other end. Like it's not healthy sometimes how cautious I can be. Because I really deprive myself from experiencing things. Like I have this fear of being injured, like severely injured, like breaking a bone or something like that. Like knock on wood. And you will hear it in a second. Hang on. Like knock on wood. I, yeah, I hope I can go through my life without breaking, <laughs> breaking a bone. I, uh, I actually don't even want to say it. I'm being superstitious right now. So I'm scared that I'm going to say it here. And by the time the episode comes out on Thursday, I'm going to have like a cast on or something. But, but yeah, I, 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 would, I would say, I guess, maybe not so much that one. Using alcohol or drugs to avoid memories. Hmm. <laughs> uh, alcohol. Yeah, I had a bit of a problem with that. Um. I want to say like mid-20s, beginning of my 30s. It didn't get severe. Like I wouldn't consider myself uh, someone who was abusing it. But I know, I have noticed, like especially in my in my 20s, when I was triggered, I would, yeah, sometimes uh, it would become an escape to just have a few more drinks than, than my usual and 
not good. And again, it's not a healthy coping mechanism. And I'm not trying to come from a shaming place. Like if you are struggling with this, I really encourage you to seek help. I'm going to link some resources for you in the show notes. I want you to know that you are not alone. And again, I want to really emphasize like, I don't want to come from a shaming place. I want to come from a place of educating ourselves so we can empower ourselves and work on these things. Because Again, these, these symptoms make a lot of sense after, after the stuff that some of us have been through. Next category is difficult beliefs or feelings. This can include feeling like you can't trust anyone. Yeah, I feel that sometimes. Even though I'll say like I have people in my life that I do trust, but sometimes it's really hard for me to know who to trust, like especially with the new people. That's, that's still a struggle in that arena. Feeling like nowhere is safe. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Not even in my own fucking home. Not even in my body. Not even in my body sometimes. Oh. Oy. Okay. All right. Feeling like nobody understands. Ah. Oh. Yes, uh, a lot more before I started healing these days. I that's improved, but definitely a symptom. Blaming yourself for what happened. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, if I had a dollar for every time I blame myself, I would be so rich that I could just quit my job and just do this podcast and nothing else. Overwhelming feelings of anger, sadness, guilt, or shame. Yes. More the sadness, guilt, and shame for me. But uh, the anger's still there too. It's just not as not as strong as the other three. Especially the shame. That one takes the cake here for me. Alright, I got through the list. And they, they do go into details about some of these symptoms. But today we're going to focus on the list. And now I want to go into the complex PTSD symptoms. All right. So according to MIND, what is complex PTSD? They say complex post-traumatic stress disorder is a condition where you experience some symptoms of PTSD along with some additional symptoms such as, here we go, difficulty controlling your emotions, check, Feeling very angry or distrustful towards the world. Check. Constant feelings of emptiness or hopelessness. Yeah, that's that's like a double check. Feeling as if you are... Oh, God. (laughs) I'm like reading this live with you all. It's a little hard to read right now. Okay, hang on. Mm. Wow. Wow, this is is really... This is really intense right now. If you're feeling it, just listening to it, know that I'm right there with you. It's really hard for me to read this. Feeling as if you are permanently damaged or or worthless. Mm. Can you tell us a check for me? Mm-hmm. Okay. Here it is. Yep, there it is. I just, just, yeah, I need need a second. Okay. Feeling as if you are, oh, God, okay. 
feeling as if you are completely different to other people. Yeah, I need, yeah, I struggle to feel like I belong anywhere. That's been like the constant theme of my life. Everywhere I went, like I didn't quite feel like I fully fit in. Feeling like nobody can understand what happened to you. That one was particularly strong and it got better because I started attending support group meetings. So if this is something that you are struggling with and you haven't tried a support group meeting, I invite you to give it a try. It might not be what works for you. I can say that one really helped with that symptom. When you are in a room with people and all of a sudden you hear your story coming out of a different square. The reason I'm saying square is because I was doing them on on Zoom online. So I haven't done a live meeting, but you're seeing a square with a different name, body, and voice. And might as well be your square because it's the same thing you went through. It's just, it really opens your eyes. And that feeling of I am alone and nobody gets this, it, it can it can be helped when you are exposing yourself to hearing how other people are actually experiencing it too. And not from a dismissive or minimizing uh, framework, but from a place of camaraderie. And it is very helpful to fight those feelings of, loneliness and isolation next symptom avoiding friendships and relationships or finding them difficult (laughs) oh god oh wow yeah with with the friendships i'm better with the friendships especially these days still find them difficult still it's a struggle to know what the heck's going on half of the time and I will say, though, in terms of romantic relationships, I am not doing very well in that arena. I've been single for a year now, and I dated last year for about three months. And before that, you know, if, 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 I, if I take that relationship and I, and I lift it, you know, it, it's been three years. And I feel like by now, <laughs> somebody that doesn't have this probably might feel like let's get on the dating apps let's start meeting people let's give it another shot and I'm like uh nope because being in a romantic relationship to me is like going into the woods looking for a bear like you're not gonna see me looking for a bear anytime soon and um I need to work on that I know I need to work on that but right now yeah that's that one is a big one with the romantic relationships the friendships I can that that I'm working on and I'm actually I have my days when I'm when I feel like I'm thriving and I have my days when I feel like I'm not thriving at all but definitely something that I I'm taking a little bit more risks with these days. The next symptom often experiencing dissociative symptoms such as depersonalization or derealization. So for purposes of defining it I will share with you the definition for depersonalization according to NHS, and I will link the website. It says depersonalization is where you have the feeling of being outside yourself and observing your actions, feelings, or thoughts from a distance. And derealization, according to NHS, is where you feel the world is unreal. People and things around you may seem lifeless or foggy. I don't quite resonate with that one. And when I started my trauma-informed therapy, one of the checklists that I did was the 
it was the one for disassociation. And I scored low on, on the questions that were for, for depersonalization and derealization. But they can be a thing. I just, I don't experience it that way. I do, I definitely disassociate, but it's, it looks different for me. Uh, two more. The physical symptoms such as headaches, dizziness, chest pains, and stomach aches. Headaches, yes. Dizziness, yeah, yeah, not not severe, but yeah, it happens, especially if I'm having a panic attack. Chest pains, also with a panic attack, yeah. Actually, no, with the anxiety too. What the heck am I talking about? Yes, yes, yes to that one too. Damn. And then the stomach aches. Oh my gosh, the my I have so many stomach issues. It's not even funny. Like definitely that one. And then the last one is the regular suicidal feelings. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be vulnerable, I'm gonna be honest, every fucking day, to the point that I even felt it while recording this episode. That's that's where we're at, y'all. Like, when I when I tell you I'm right in it, still doing it, still experiencing it, I, I really fucking mean it. I, earlier I had to pause it, and like, because I was trying to push it away, that's what I do, like, just to like, try to ignore it and force it, and you know, act like nothing's happening and then I had to like pause the recording and like take a moment and just like reassure myself that um I'm here I'm safe and I oh yeah I struggle with that every every day and this is something you struggle with I will be linking some resources for you on the show notes I want you to know you are not alone And if this is something that's really pervasive for you, please, 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 I encourage you to talk to someone. You are so important. I want you to know that, you know, some of you I do know, (laughs) some of you I've never met and and I don't know you personally, but gosh, you all matter so much to me and the world needs people like us who are healing, who are trying to learn more about, about what's happening and I want you to be safe. I want you to be okay. And again, you are not alone. Now that does it for the list of symptoms. That is going to make quite a lengthy episode again. (laughs) And uh, gosh, this is... uh, I don't know about you, but that was really intense for me. And... I hope that that you found it helpful to hear the symptoms and also to hear some of the ways that they apply to me. I feel like sometimes like we just, you know, we we see the symptom like listed, but we're not quite sure what, what does that actually mean? And I'm hoping that doing this is something that you will find helpful as you navigate learning more about complex PTSD and what to look for when you're, when you're navigating your everyday life having this disorder or living with someone who has it or being in a position where you think you might have it and you're not even sure and you're trying to figure that out. In this week's healing invitation, I invite you to reflect on these symptoms. What resonated with you? What did not? Is there something that you can think back and go, wow, that actually was something that really used to be a struggle and not anymore or vice versa and I invite you to reflect on it and not from a place of shaming yourself but from a place of getting to know yourself 
your mind and your body better. Perhaps you want to make it a thing where every six months you revisit the list and see how it's going. Quite personally, I want to do that myself because I feel like this changes constantly. And keeping track and seeing where we are landing on a specific time of the year, perhaps, can be very powerful as we start incorporating tools like for example let's say that some symptoms gear up more during the fall maybe during the anniversary of the events that caused the trauma that way you can start becoming aware of what you need to look for how to prepare perhaps it's time for you to start gathering some extra tools because you know things might get a little bit harder coming up and also you might become aware of things that are improving like I feel like sometimes when we're healing and at least this is true for me. If I'm not really like looking back at the data at a journal entry or I reflect on how symptoms have improved, I kind of don't notice the change because it's so gradual. It almost feels like nothing is happening. And sometimes I, I do wonder, like, am I healing? Like, is this really actually working? And then I'll go through something that used to distress me a lot and it doesn't that much right now and I go oh you know what yes I am and I feel like doing this type of documenting where you're keeping track of the symptoms and how they are evolving that can be a very powerful way for you to see how things are going what needs to be worked on still what's improving what's working what's not that awareness is so important and again you're welcome to revisit this episode anytime. I'm going to link the the resources. So you can always bookmark that website and every six months set a timer and go through it and see how you're doing. Please let me know how this week's healing invitation goes if you choose to accept it. Before we wrap up this episode, all music and production is courtesy of yours truly. Also, I want to share a few ways you can support this podcast. You can subscribe and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or the platform you are using to listen. Share this episode with anyone you think can benefit from this content. Follow Hello Trauma Brain on Instagram. Subscribe to the Hello Trauma Brain YouTube channel and hit the notification bell to be the first to know when I post a new episode. And you can make a donation by getting me a coffee through the official bio site. No worries, all links will be provided in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you are able to get more insight and awareness as you've listened to this episode and perhaps go through the website that I used for this episode and take a closer look at those symptoms. And actually, they have more sections in there too with more explanations. So I invite you to check that out and learn more. And if anything, if you have PTSD or complex PTSD or both, or think that you might have any of these, I hope that by the end of this episode, you can have a sense of you are not alone. It is time for our farewell affirmations. You are welcome to repeat after me. I am enough. I am lovable. And I deserve to heal.
I wish you a gentle week and thank you for listening.